Are you stressed and filled with anxiety like I am? Maybe in a bit of pain from that car accident you had a few years ago? Well, the sponsor of today's episode, Hempville CBD, has us covered. They have the highest quality products created by chemists and doctors. Hempville carries everything from CBD to THC dispensary grade without those despicable dispensary prices. Order your Delta 8, 9, edibles, and vapes along with the THCA flower and get free shipping when you spend $50 or more at HempvilleCBD.com. Check out the link in the description for more details. Welcome to The Filmistines, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered from Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems. We'll be breaking down the storytelling, the cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level. With the $5 tier, we'll grant the ability to request films future episodes this is the film of science where movies are more than just entertainment they're an experience and welcome back to another episode of the film of science thank you for tuning in today glad you guys can make it thank you for making it i'm joined today by my club and friend lucy hello everyone <laughs> You can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of The Film of Stein. Some recent episodes include When Evil Lurks, The Passion of the Christ, Sound of Freedom, Mice of Men, the 1992 one, and What's Eaten Gilbert Grape. But today we are discussing the 1999 classic David Fincher's Fight Club. Well, we watched it. We watched Fight Club and... I um I guess I'm reporting back that it's it's okay. It's got the very annoying late 90s early 2000s music and shooting style. There's really not a lot we can probably add to the conversation of Fight Club and I don't know if I care enough about the movie to even begin to, but I am curious about what you have to say. What are some hip fire shots? Of Fight Club. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I guess there were a few things I liked, but overall, as a as a movie, it just it it didn't speak to me. Maybe I wasn't the target audience for this because, goddamn, it was boring. It took a while for it to get started for me. Uh, like I just remember the first five minutes just being like, God, I hope he turns it off. <laughs> but then we got to the support group thing when he meets Marla and or I guess right before he meets Marla and that was that was pretty interesting. And then he meets Marla and then it lost me completely pretty much. I think I would have enjoyed the twist that you know he was Tyler the whole time if I would have been captivated the whole time, if I would have been into the movie, then I probably would have been like, oh my god, he's Tyler, you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for plot twists. I did like that the movie looked really dirty. Um, It gave me the Seven vibes, which I do enjoy that movie a lot. So um, there's that. There's a, a tiny little plus to this 
to this movie. I think the performances were okay. They were decent. You know, nobody was lacking really anywhere. And um, is it Edward Norton? Is that our main guy? Yes. I liked his voice. I think he had a nice voice for his narrating. Hmm. Okay. But uh, the story, the point, the cohesiveness, pretty much everything that makes a movie just hit home was lacking. What was the point? I have no idea. To bore me to sleep? (laughs) Don't buy shit, because if you do, you're not going to feel. I don't know. If you hate your drive, quit it. Go beat up some people to feel something. No clue. All men are secretly homosexuals? I don't know. There's a point there. Somewhere in there. I know there is. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck between this... This tone of is David Fincher making fun of masculinity and people who think they have society figured out more than, uh, you know, than the functioning present society or, you know, David, I almost said David Lynch or David Fincher's, you know, the rest of his filmography because he's not really a funny guy. Right. I don't think any of his other films, I haven't seen all of them. I've seen most of them maybe with the exception of one or two i don't I haven't seen mank but they're not funny they're kind of ultra uber serious yeah and not in a melodramatic theatrical way either but just uh i guess in a kind of crime and that maybe makes sense why he does a lot of crime films is it kind of all of his films kind of take that serious crime angle but i can't get away from the fact that this film feels like it's making fun of how gay masculinity is. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of sexual tension Yeah, in many of these scenes, and not just the fighting scenes. Yeah. The closetness, the discovery of connecting with other men on a deep level, finding emotion and feeling in that, the soap, the borderline rejection of heterosexual intercourse... It's it's just a little oddly, specifically gay man. And I just, I kind of wish it embraced it a tinge bit more because I feel like there would have, it would have hit home a little more, but it may have been also a little bit more offensive to someone. I'm not sure. The the masculine, I guess, community, the people, the, the, the manly men, the Uber men would have been a little more offended, kind of the fact that they're. The, the secret, you know, kind of praising of each other's ma- masculine achievements is, is is kind of a funny thing, I guess. But so I'm I'm a little, I'm just a little stuck between a rock and a hard place, if you will. And it's probably you know nothing new that's been really said before. I I haven't looked too deeply into Fight Club, but I, I have seen that it's a widely studied film. It's just a little odd because it's not it's not very deep i don't think in any of thing anything it has to say it's very kind of on the nose and maybe a little messy at places and and it works if it is trying to be funny but its tone just totally blurs it out where i can't really quite quite get to the nut of it so i will say i did like a lot of it just not together 
So it's kind of hard to score in my mind, too. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And I definitely liked the therapy AA-style meetings in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The intro is very good, I thought. It was hard to get a grasp on where things were going, but that you know can happen in a two-plus-hour movie. You know, You have a longer introduction a lot of times. Especially when you have a high octane movie like this, it's just like what what is going on and stuff. And I like the introducing of Helena's character, Marla, right? Yep. I think that's really fun and everything. But it just when Tyler gets brought into the fold, it's just doesn't hit quite right. And I knew about the twist. It's one of those twists that you just everyone knows about. I didn't know about it. I'm really, that's one reason I wanted you to watch this movie because you didn't, <laughs> you hadn't known previously. Or you, you didn't, I, and I, so I, it didn't hit like it could have at one point in my life or should have, which I don't, I think I'm pretty immune to that, even if I know because I recognize earned setup. Yeah. Earned. You're a smart payoff. individual. And it's, it's there here so it's like you know i can't help but to appreciate it and especially knowing it while watching it i'm looking for you know characters not knowing who tyler really is and stuff and it's you know obviously mostly kind of projected through helena's character when she's just like what the fuck are you talking about all the time every you know every time she's when every time we think she's talking to the main character i guess he's just called the narrator right yeah a lot of people were calling him jack yeah, he was Jack on set. That's what... Uh, okay, that was confused. I, th- I think that maybe is what it said in the script, actually. I think that's what David Fincher maybe named him. Or I'm not sure if it was Edward Norton or not. But he's he's the everyday man. Which we get a little bit of a... How is that the everyday man? Well, it's the everyday kind of idealistic man in the 1970s and 80s. It's this, you know, businessman. He's got a 401k, you know... Maybe he's got decked out in Ikea hallucinations. You know, I'd be when I was after watching this, the first thing that kind of popped in my mind was what is I wonder what David Foster Wallace would have to say about this movie. Mm. Because he's a real character into the effects of modernity and TV and things that are kind of supposed to make you feel a certain way. So I, I don't know. He may have written about this film. I'm not actually sure in 1999. But I like a film that has something to say about consumerism. You know, I like a film that has something to say about fascism. I like to say I like a film that has something to say about some kind of radical movement. You know, that's a pretty easy get for me. You know, I'm I'm like the film can be pretty low key, under budget, no name director or actors, and Things, these things can pop up and it's definitely going to be like, all right, I got to put that on my list kind of thing. Yeah. That's so, like a monster movie for me. If it's got a giant monster, it's it's going on my list. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm with you too on giant monster, especially if it's a kind of a unique giant monster. I'm like, all right. I'm all something. for giant monsters. I don't care if it's unique. I don't care if it's a dinosaur. I don't care if it's a T-Rex again and again and again. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I'm good with T-Rexes. You know, I'm fine. Had my T-Rexes. A good shark movie is always welcome, no doubt. That's same, a very special same. place. I'm waiting for that great Yeti Sasquatch movie. You know, I'm good. I'm good with Trolls. Had a great Trolls movie. I'm good. You know, I'm good with Godzilla. I don't need Godzilla anymore. I'm good with King Kong. 
you know, things, big, big apes and monkeys, I'm fine, you know? Keep them coming. I mean, I'll probably watch them too, but <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of guilty pleasures for me too. Especially in the new Kong versus Godzilla where Kong sits in that big chair. All right, you've got me for the rest of the series. <laughs> Him sitting in that big chair with the people. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. It's great visual. It's very video gamey or something. I don't know. There's something really satisfying about seeing that even though it's 100% CG. It's like, I don't, I don't know what that is. That's funny. That's probably the best part of that movie too. When they go through the earth and everything at the very end. Everything. Yeah, that was cool. But I'm, I'm really... I want to, it's, I guess Fight Club is, lives in the space of my mind. So these are, I guess, more than anything, really preliminary thoughts. I'm going to have to sit with this movie for a while and I might have to give it another watch at some point, another year or two, you know, just let things kind of marinate in me. And it's kind of frustrating because I want to like this movie. Why, why do you want to like it? Just because of those themes? I, or because yeah, everyone yeah. likes it. I mean, sure. I and mean, everyone likes it. You know, there's a little bit of that, of course. I guess that's part of the thesis of the movie, though, is being you know falling prey to just kind of trends. I guess. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And of course, you know, it's, it's just I don't know why it doesn't work. Of course, it's it's great that you know we have someone like Brad Pitt representing this person who is trying to deconstruct the the modern man, and he is the perfect representation of. I mod like the idealistic modern man at the time, at least, you know, and, and as his heyday, late nineties, early two thousands. And so it's just, it's kind of funny. It is, I don't know. It just keeps building this narrative that it's supposed to be funny, but it just doesn't come across like the director here, David Fincher knows that it's funny or else he's just got a weird sense of humor. It's as dry as dry comes. A desert's too wet for him, you know? And <laughs> so I don't know. I'm really in a funny I I have a really, I'm stuck in a really funny rut with this movie. I, it's been a few days since we've seen it now, and I just cannot get away from it. And I know how influential it was in, in cinema, and just, I don't know, it feels, it almost feels like a call to action movie. Call you to do what? Destroy debt companies? As... Don't let your materials consume you? Yeah. It, all we saw was an Ikea catalog. Mm-hmm. Go fight someone. Let your frustrations out. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the fighting, the, the you know, the rediscovering, the rediscovery of feeling again evolved into a terrorist group. I, yeah, that's weird. It's weird. It's it's very weird. And it feel again, it I can't help but to feel like it's making fun of people who think they have it like people as in a a movement some kind of political group organized people who think they have it figured out better than what's already actively you know being exercised and practiced in society whatever that looks like in whatever country and and there isn't an actual manifesto here we have just a radical self-imploding group that's just I mean, I guess he even says it in the movie, Edward Norton's character does, where any of these groups across the country are so committed that they, at any point, can kind of take a life of its own and kind of transcend out of Fight Club group, or mm -hmm. whatever they call it, Project Mayhem, you know? And so, I just cannot get away that it's, that's, that's funny, but it doesn't feel like you're, that you think is funny, <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Yes. Like in Barbie, it feels like Greta Gerwig thinks it's funny. It's not very funny because I don't think she's. I don't feel that. Well, I mean, I think the presence of Will Ferrell and Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. I guess, I mean, really just, just the presence Will of Will Ferrell. That's all you really need. I think the presence of him helps hit that home on paper. Now, in the movie, it's not very funny, but I think, you know, I, I guess the little girl to the, the high schooler, mm. I think her, what she has to say is just so insane that you can't help but to at least smirk at it, at least on paper. You know, maybe not an execution, but it feels like it's kind of along those lines that, but even in the worst case with David Fincher, that he's just, he's so not funny <laughs> that we just can't, like in the soap thing. Are you joking me? Yeah, maybe I am surprisingly too happy with my life to enjoy this film. Or maybe I enjoy my job a little too much for this film. Maybe the type of mental problems I have aren't psychotic enough. You know, my anger, I let it out when it needs to be let out. Whether I want to or not, it just comes out. And uh, I guess... You know, I try not to let materials consume every being of my life. I try to keep a healthy balance, I guess. I'm not a hoarder. What about but what about the conveniences and vices of just modernity in general? I mean, it is what it is. It's where we are. It's where we are. We it, can't do anything about it. And why would we want to? What are, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's an, that's a lovely point. The movie kind of rejects and forgets that these things are, they allow us to live any life we want. They allow us to not have to be forced to risk our lives providing just food and the little bits of shelter that we yeah. could, you know, 15,000 years ago. 20,000 years ago. I love the convenience of my iPhone. Oh my God. I would get lost going to anywhere in town. I guess I'm kind of of the belief system that it's less, yes, you can be a slave of certain things on your phone and the, maybe the phone itself and in some lights, but it's more than anything an extension of your brain at this point. Exactly. So Just it's... keep it Keep it healthy, guys. Keep it healthy. You're spending... An hour on TikTok, maybe put the phone down. Yeah, yeah. You just struck a chord. It's the movie forgets that people have free will. And you don't have to go all in on <laughs> It's not all or nothing. It's not an all or nothing situation, <laughs> although the internet will have you believe otherwise. But we see people go from I, I guess hating their lives to rediscovering what it is to be alive. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it just makes me think that it's making fun of, you know, extremists in I mean, a variety of ways. You said it. If this guy made a lot of other movies like this, then yeah, we could follow that. We could agree with that. And it might be a better movie if that was the thought behind it. But I don't think it is either. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, he's not, you know, he doesn't have to make uber serious movies all the time you know steven spielberg made draws and schindler's list but he also but he also made bfg and fucking in indiana jones god damn that's the worst movie ever made i tell you what talk about putting me to sleep yeah indiana jones sucks oh my god 
and there's some humor, I guess, in Aliens Three. Okay, it's there's some there's a tinge of funny there, but I don't think I watched that. That did I? I think I only I, watched the first two. I think the first two, yeah. So I don't know. It's just I'm I'm such I'm I'm just so stuck on on that thought. I I, I gotta flesh that out. I guess I need to read some thoughts on it to help me. Yeah, it, it won't help you. <laughs> it won't make me like the movie more, but it will place it a little better in my mind. Okay. Because this movie's not the only thing I think that's really exceptional about this movie is some of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not what makes a movie. You know the the performances are good, but they're not they're not Leo being mentally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not a uh, Brendan Fraser on the whale or anything. Yes. You know the the delivery is just not. On the proper level, it's on a fine, great level, but it's just this movie is this movie's just not for me. I mean, it's just it is I definitely think, how it is. I think it is what it is. It's not for us. Yeah, which I guess I feel like on paper this movie should be for me, but in execution it definitely is not. Because you're a male with modern masculinity problems slash consumer. I'm a relatively thoughtful person who likes thoughtful movies. Oh, gotcha. But maybe that's so. Maybe that I don't know. Maybe that's, that's not the problem. That's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Another thing I wanted to bring up was what was the point of Marla to help us get the reveal? Um. Yes. As far as filmmaking goes, yeah, I think the point of marla was to help you know build the picture of rejecting women and and that this particular woman helped unlock the just right amount of repulsion for our main character to discover his homosexuality wow yeah because tyler emerges right after she starts Taking over his, you know, support group thing he's got going on. Yeah, she was in she was in the movie way too much for that to be the only point. I will say almost every time she was in it, maybe every time, there was this, like in retrospect at least, or for you, but while I was watching it, because I already knew that he was Tyler, I could see that she she was just kind of there for the confusion of, but, you know, what are you talking about constantly? Like, why are you saying the things you're saying? Yeah, but it was too much. It was a lot. Yeah, it was It was more than set up. And it, it kind of got away from her being the catalyst for, you know, coming out of the closet. There is something else to her, but I'm not sure what it is. And then I guess the end would imply that he was wrong about his sexuality. It was kind of just a phase. Oh, yeah, because they're holding hands watching all the explosions. I probably would have liked it better if he died. I think he does die. I think that... Well, I think it's... Oh, I guess it's up for interpretation. But I think the bombs were in that building, too. Okay. So he, so he will die. He more than likely was about to die. Yeah. yeah. And okay. she was, too. Okay, okay. And all the guys who were going to get medical supplies. <laughs> that was funny at the end there. They were like, are you okay? Do you need you need help right now? It's like, no, I'm good. 
I did like some of the, a lot of the nitty gritty production of it all with all the guys working and stuff in the house. And like, there's just a lot of moving parts and it's really fun to see that on camera because I know how hard that is to control mm-hmm. and to, you know, make that happen. It's, it's really cool seeing that, but, and I like the, I guess the, the factory nature of what they've got going, the their operation. It's it's fun. The extreme, extreme. It's like they're terrorists, but and they're making soap, and it's just, and they're spreading their ideology. It's fat, you know. It's spreading faster than you know the main character can even keep up with because you know we find out that he's going days in day out as Tyler, right? Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe it would have been a little funner if. Tyler kind of displaced the main character and we were just like, what happened to him? And then you can, you can kind of, it's left up for interpretation that the main character was, or I should say that the narrator was a figment of Tyler's imagination or that he, Tyler kills him or something like it just kind of disappears at one point in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler's just left. That would, I don't know. How do I, I don't know about that. I think about that kind of just replacing him towards the last 25 minutes i think i would have liked that better but i guess him finding because you know he finds out he's tyler by trying to find tyler so something would have had to be changed there but the reveal was kind of weird not very good because it was exactly he's trying to find tyler and he finds he like in that process, he comes to terms with that he is Tyler. And it's just, it's not very smooth. Yeah. It's it's not slick or anything. It's it's a little, I don't know. It's I don't, not, not completely sold on the execution of that. Yeah, I was, I was confused, really, on how he found out. Just because some guy called him Tyler accidentally or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't smooth. But like I said earlier, I did like how dirty this movie is. Mm-hmm. I did like the bruises, the blood, all that um, nasty stuff, like the fat falling out of the bag <laughs> when they ripped it. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely. The violence and everything was, it was very cool. It was yeah. very well done. It was surprisingly well done, actually. I'm surprised this, I'm surprised people don't look back at this movie as being more influential than fucking Matrix. This movie's like, as far as like action goes, way cooler than The Matrix. I don't know really? why Matrix is looked at as some kind of seminal piece. At least I stayed awake, kind of. <laughs> yeah, Matrix didn't stand a chance. No, no way. Matrix is so bad. And I did like some of the... I know you talked... I know you said briefly that it had a lot of, you know, of the 90s filmmaking techniques here, but I did like some of the... uh kind of commercial looking shots especially the one in the trash can that was pretty cool i liked it the one in the trash can yeah they did one i think of the, i think it was a trash can or like the starbucks cup or something they had several they did several throughout like the close-ups the extreme close-ups like of... the zoom in and like you would zoom in and kind of ride with the trash if i saw it i'd know it probably yeah you, if you saw it you know which one what i'm talking about but that was very, it, I mean, yeah, it was very 90s, but I liked it. Yeah, the the close-ups on, like, little things, like, I remember, I guess I the last one I remember 
in the final parts of the movie was when the narrator was trying to undo the bomb and it was like the camera was moving throughout the bomb and stuff i'm just yeah. like it was it was a scene like that but with a trash can but oh, okay beginning. okay 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 yeah there were a few of those and those those are so stupid i know i like the trash <laughs> can one so i'm st- telling you <laughs> those are so funny <laughs> they feel like i don't know they feel like you're at an amusement park that's how i feel hmm like how a you know 3d ride would make you feel at universal or disney like those uh i don't know what you call them motion rides where you just sit on a thing and there's a screen around you and it moves you well i guess the ride moves you but the screen moves you so you think you're in a ride yeah yeah like that that's what it made me feel like the faux roller coasters yeah faux roller coaster <laughs> Yeah, that was probably the funniest part of the movie when the sack of human fat got torn open and poured on one of the characters. That was cool. Yeah, I don't know about funny. (laughs) 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 It was definitely cool. Yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite favorite part, a favorite scene. Yeah, mine was definitely just the A meeting style things. The the beginning part there was, was fun and... That was the best part. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I'm just like, ah, I want to like it more, but it's just it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm just a little, I guess I'm a little frustrated with why is this such a studied film over some others? Maybe it was just a time and place kind of thing, 1999. Maybe. With Gen Z. I mean, with, um, with Gen X and the kind of come to Jesus moment of kind of post-structuralism. Yeah, like that little speech he gave in while they were under in their little fight club, how he said that they, they're men of, I don't know what he called them, men of something, and, you know, they weren't part of a great big war, and uh, I'm butchering butchering it all up, but you know what I'm talking about. They didn't have a great war. They didn't have a great depression. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're yeah. going through a spiritual war, and our lives are depressing. Depressing. That one. That speech. <laughs> the depression is our lives. <laughs> Maybe we're all used to the depression now. There might. There is absolutely something to be said about that for sure. We're we're all friends with our anxiety, or by we I mean us. You know, late millennials. Younger than fifty. Well, I, I I was just talking about late millennials and maybe thirty or younger. You're 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 best friends with your uh, depression and your anxiety. But people before us, older than us, have a real hard time with that. <laughs> Whatever I'm trying to say. It's a very David Foster Wallace thing, man. I and he's the kingpin in all this for sure. Yeah, but so maybe we need a Gen X. I mean, a 30, 35 plus year old person to write in and tell us, tell us how they feel about this movie. I don't know how old they would have been in 1999. Yeah, the sweet spot probably would have been the 20 year olds, 20 plus year olds at the time. Okay. So they'd be about 40 or so. All yeah. right. 40 year old plus. Tell us what you thought about this movie. Because we're confused. Sort of. I'm confused. He's not confused apparently now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm confused. Explain it to me. All right, man. Do you have a budget guess? I do. And I 
This one was hard, too. <laughs> They're all hard. I feel like I say that about all of them. <laughs> and I was going to look up the Matrix budget, but I didn't want to look up the Matrix budget in case we ever cover the Matrix. So I didn't want to spoil it for myself. So I didn't look it up, and I went completely blind, and I went $20 million counting for inflation. Inflation. Twenty million counting for inflation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound right. I'll let you re-guess if you want. <laughs> no, go ahead. I have no idea what I would re-guess. It says here that it was sixty-five. Oh, sixty-three shit. to sixty-five million. So you're way off. You're quite a bit off. It went on at the box office. It went on to make a hundred and one million. Wow. So after. Renting and everything. Yeah, that movie's gone on to make quite a bit of money, probably. That's good. Because I wonder, I guess I'm kind of curious, in 1999, late 1999 when it came out, was it a big hit or did it take some time? A hundred million, I mean, it seems, sounds like they, you know, that's a mild hit. A good hit or a bad hit? <laughs> a mild hit. I, 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 Brad Pitt is one of those really expensive guys. 1999 though, 1998 when they paid him, I'm not. I'm not sure, because I could see him being like a thirty million dollar billing. <laughs> that'd be that's half of their budget, so that would end up you know they'd have to make a lot of money to recoup that. But I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, cool. I just want to ask, why is this not on Disney Plus? I'm saying, why would this be on Disney Plus? It's a Fox property. Simpsons is on Disney Plus. Where is Fight Club? Yeah, they don't want to expose children to this violence and. Well, they just put it under the MA, uh, you know, rating. And you know how children, you have to make an account for mature content like that? Yeah. I think, yeah, you, yeah, you do. So they can just do that, right? I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, man, thank you for watching this film and talking about it with me. You, I, I don't really know if we straighten anything out for me. It's, I think it's just going to take some time with this. And I... It's just not, it doesn't speak to me enough in the right ways for me to, you know, kind of place it on that, in that top echelon of movies that kind of live rent free in your mind. You know, it's not, it's, it's not there in a week. This is probably going to be forgotten forever. So yeah, it's already been forgotten for me, (laughs) (laughs) but you're welcome. Thank you for uh, trying to keep me cultured. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's an important film, no doubt, to the landscape of, you know, film history. I'm glad we finally got to this. It's, you know, we, we've had 23 years, and we, we're here. We, we did it. We were. Woo. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can catch new episodes of The Film of Steins. Go over to our Patreon. Drop by. Give us a dollar. Write a comment. Just say something vulgar. I don't even care. You know, anything at this point. I care. Leave nice reviews on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and YouTube, though, so I'd appreciate that. Well, maybe they can leave nice reviews for me and be vulgar towards you. What if that was, what if they said, that's a nice fucking podcast? That's kind of vulgar and nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I guess that could work. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is the Filmsteins signing off. Grrr.